0: just drink an energy drink before doing this weird but if it's three o'clock five o'clock then you're wired all night all night not getting any sleep yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. i know i know it's funny we drink a lot of coffee in the house and sometimes i'm like i could really use a cup of coffee right now and then i look at the time i'm like it's six o'clock malachi you need to take a breather (laughs) i keep telling myself i'm gonna get a little coffee maker in here but then it's just gonna be sideways always we're gonna be doing coffee i'm gonna be editing it like midnight (laughs) drinking cups of coffee podcasting forever like what day is it yeah you know, Which we, is the story of editing, right? Right. We forget the days anyway, so that's life. That's the fun part. Fun part. Is it the fun part? I mean, is sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel sometimes like sometimes you can get into it, yeah, and then
0: you're on a roll. Yeah, it feels like everything's clicking. Yep, yep. Other times you're just fighting an uphill battle, <laughs>
1: dude. You look at the computer and you're like, "Do I really have to do this right now?" I've done yes, edits
0: I do. on. <laughs> you know, four hour podcast only to get to the end. Yeah. And realize I fucked up somewhere. Audio's trash, have to restart the whole thing. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. One of my buddies, um, in LA, he's a photographer, videographer, and, uh, he was telling me the other day he was doing a big edit and he did the same thing, got to the very end. And he was like, man, in my contract, I think in the future, I'm going to write more editing days. And I was like, that's really smart. Cause if you have one of those days where you're like, I just need a break before I like, freak out. <laughs> I need to take a day and I'll come back to this. You and know? if you're under contract, then you just have to suffer through it. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, tomorrow? Okay. Sit up all night and finish. Yeah. Do you
0: write that into your contracts or anything? How does that work out?
1: Um, For the most part, sometimes when I work with clients, I'll do like a trial basis. It's like, okay. Piece, people will kill me for this, but, um, you know, sometimes I don't start with a contract. You put a contract in front of some people and they're like, whoa, chill. You know, so some days... I feel like maybe we'll just do a trial. We'll work this out. And if you enjoy it, let's do this contract and go that way. And if I do, I will write it in my contract, either editing days or hours. It's one of those double-edged swords. It's hard to put editing hours into a contract because like... How do you know how long it's going to take? Exactly. And how do you know that that person that's doing your work for you is actually editing for eight hours and they didn't do two hours and then charge you for six to... You know what I mean? I have this weird moral like imbalance with doing things like that. I try to stay morally you know, on the good side, but then at the same time, a lot of the time I'll shoot myself in the foot and be like, damn it. I should have wrote that. <laughs> should have spent a little more time. In there. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, especially if it's their first time seeing a contract, yeah, I would imagine get a
1: little yeah. squeamish. Especially around here. A lot of the places are smaller businesses, family owned, new to the, th- you know, new to the social media and whatever they're doing commercials. So they don't really understand that side of media. So when you throw a contract, that's like commercial rights, usage rights, this writes, they're like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. Yeah, do you I know? need a lawyer to read yeah, this Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, maybe I'll sign this another day. So, sometimes I'll just do work and be like, hey, I'll just let you know that you can use this for your content. Or, you know, if you want to do an ad, we'll write a contract out. If you want to do a commercial, we'll write a contract out. But for this, you can keep it and have fun with it. So,
0: you know. Well, how many of them are Coming across contracts before meeting you. This might be their first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing, too. Like I said, around here, not a lot of people are really delving into that realm quite yet. It's fairly new in this area. Everywhere that I've heard is really word of mouth, really, you know, like, oh, my son has a phone and he takes, you know, the content for me kind of thing. So when you walk in with a big camera, they're like, oh my God, this is way different than what I had thought. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I've heard Justin say, I don't know if it was on this podcast where, we were talking about commercials like Humboldt's
1: kind of stuck in the 80s still with their commercial uh, technique. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. And I think it's primarily because of like most of the businesses, like I said, are family owned. So they've been around for so long that word of mouth has been their primary business.
0: Which is a great currency to have. 100%. You had to pick
1: one. Oh, word of mouth, hands down. But the way that things are going now, advertising, it's like word of mouth, you could get word of mouth from somebody seeing this ad and being like, hey, did you see that? You know what I mean? So it's one of those things, like, I feel bad sometimes trying to convince people, you know what I mean? Like, I know that you want your son and his phone to do it, and that's totally fine. But my camera and my expertise and my brain work a lot different than, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things.
0: And especially for photography or videography, it's one of those things where oh, yeah. if you see it, I'll fall into that trap. I'll see something and think, oh, man, I could shoot that. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, yeah, <laughs> no, you're yeah. going to need 10 years of experience, oh, yeah. a $5,000 camera, oh, a yeah. hundred hours of editing, and then oh, yeah. maybe
1: you could get 10% of the way. 100%. Unless you're super gifted. I know some people who like, I you know. I am not that way. Yeah. See, some people like y- you throw an editing program in front of them. It's so overwhelming. You're like, this button does this and this and this. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'll just do it on my phone. Cause that's how m- most people are, um, you know, but it, it, it's really one of those things it's worth learning, but at the same time, how much time do you have to, to learn it? <laughs>
0: and not even <laughs> you know? just learn it learning. It's the hard part, yes. but then it just becomes tedious Yeah. because oh, yeah, then, oh, okay, yeah. you've got the skill to do it. You still have to put in the 20 hours yep. to yep. get started. hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that's also a part of, um, you know, going to newer companies to talk about, um, you know, doing media for them is they don't understand the back end of things. Like if you go onto a photographer's Instagram, you'll see so many memes and funny jokes about editing because clients don't realize like, I shot at your place for an hour, but it might've taken me eight hours to make this edit really, really cool. So that's nine hours of work, you know? So like sometimes you got to show them, show them what it's actually taking to execute the plan. You know? Yeah. You were only here for an hour. Why am I paying you for 12? Yeah. Right. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, cause I sit at home and I'm taking time away from myself and my family and my children and my, blah, 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 and the list goes on, you know, people have different scenarios. Like, one of my buddies that does media out here, he's phenomenal. You definitely should have him come here. His name is Cosmo. Cosmo um, Free. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of him. Yeah, I reach, I, dude. I've got him bookmarked somewhere he on my is, computer. He is insane. And he has a lot of time on his hands, which I'm so jealous. I tell him all the time, like, I hate that you have so much. But he utilizes it so perfectly because he uses that time to, like, elevate his media and his own expertise, which is, I mean... Like, that's a rare gift, especially for people who are younger doing media and doing any task. I mean, any job. They're just like quick to, I want the finished product rather than, no, I'm going to grind. And then my finished product will be consistent every time. And Cosmo is that 100%.
0: His editing style with the paper folding across (sighs) the screen is just insane. He does
1: that by hand. He does that by hand. He takes his camera, takes a picture of every frame from a video, and then prints them out and cuts them by hand and then retakes those pictures again.
0: Yes, yeah, you factor that into
1: the price. Yes, see that's what I'm saying. Like he is whew, he's he's insane. He's He, he a does a lot
0: good. of music video work, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he does a lot of music videos. Um I just helped him not really helped him. I gave him some lights and came and took some BTS for him for for a day. Um but he did one for a guy from Reading, Davey Legend. Um and it's just cool to see him in his realm when he's filming those things cuz he's like It's funny. You'll watch him and even me holding a camera, you know, usually you know what you're aiming at. You know what your look is. But watching him, I'm like, I wonder what he's doing. And then he always sends me like, hey, this is what we shot the other day. And I'm like, dude, yeah, every time blown away, every time he's never put out anything that I haven't been like that is impeccable. He's, he's amazing. For sure. I think about how long it took him to get there. Oh, God. It's a I lot know. of shitty yeah. videos before you get to that level. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was asking him about that, and he said, Man, I have hours of GoPro videos and old videos that I'll never put out. And I was like, You know what? You. You might. It's like vintage feel, you know. People might want to see where you started. It's it's cool in that way
0: because you could have the trajectory of this is where I started. Yeah, this is where I am. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't have that. You just have the this is the final product. Yeah, yeah. People think, oh yeah, I could do
1: that. (laughs) Give me CapCut, I'll I'll be fine. (laughs) That's so funny that you say that. I I tell people all the time, like I edit with DaVinci Resolve, and I'm fairly new. Like I'm no guru. That's a very very intricate program. Um, but like I I'm not a gatekeeper. All of my clients, I tell them everything that I do, how to do it all the time. And people are like, why do you do that? And I tell them, well, one, I I used to be a coach. So it's in my nature to just like teach somebody something. Um, But I tell them CapCut is like the number one app to use on desktop because it works on a desktop too. You can edit on a desktop um, or on your phone. It is the easiest user-friendly thing to execute like high quality work. Like if you're a random business and you can't pay for a videographer or photographer, do it on your phone on CapCut. Like, that's what I tell them all the time. They're like, why are you telling me this? I'm supposed to pay you tomorrow. And I'm like, hey, what happens if you can't pay me next month? Use CapCut, you know, it's, it's benefiting. So yeah, CapCut, dude, such a great app.
0: I haven't looked into it. I oh thought it was a phone app.
1: Oh no, no, you could use it on a desktop. Yep. It's it's game changer. I'm going to have to look into that. Oh my God, do it. It makes everything easy. It like, you can auto captions. So your podcasts, you could just put them on there. Auto captions, cut out the dead space. I use for Reels, I got this Git captions app
0: mm-hmm. that does AI generated,
1: oh, yeah. supposedly AI generated yeah, 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 captions yeah. and mm-hmm. add
0: effects to them and stuff. That's kind of been nice. Yeah. But I use Premiere pretty much for everything. Oh, I just man. cut it in house.
1: I, I used to do Premiere as well. There's a lot of little it's so funny right when i switched over to davinci resolve i learned so many things about adobe premiere and i was like damn it why did i switch <laughs> yeah what did i do that for um yeah adobe premiere is a great one too why'd you switch to davinci for the color correction yeah color grading That's what everybody says yeah you know um i i really i've been adobe for forever for forever i mean everyone has there was really nothing else um but um I had been using like Sony Vegas. I did when I first, first started trying to do anything. Sony Vegas was my, my jam. Um, but I went over to DaVinci Resolve because of how much the free program offered. I couldn't even imagine what the studio offered, which is like $300. So I bought that and I, dude, it's like a wormhole, like rabbit hole. You sit there and you're like, oh, wait. This does this. Let me YouTube tutorials. Oh my God, this is, it's a never ending. So it's kind of fulfilling in, in a weird way to just always be learning. So that's why I, I started
0: on. with DaVinci, but oh, I never, word. I never broke into the actual editing side. Mm. I would just switch camera angles and put it out. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone was saying, oh, you got to go to Premiere. You got to check it out. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. better. So then I switched yeah. to that platform. And then I had. Uh, juice on, Mm -hmm. and he got me hooked on
1: isotopes. So now I've been using that in Adobe. Yeah,
0: there's levels.
1: Oh, it's just, but it's pay to play. Hundred percent. That's the hard part. Hundred percent. That was one of the biggest pieces of advice I ever learned. So when I first got into photography, I didn't even have a camera. My roommate, who I won't even say his name because bad blood and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but my roommate at the time was a photographer, and this was when I first moved to L.A. And, um, he started paying me to edit his photos and I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do Some that. Cash for on sh- the side? Yeah, yeah. Like for sure. So I started editing photos for a really long time and that got me into like that realm. And then when he was like, oh, you know, this camera costs $3,000 I was like, uh, okay, let me buy this $700 camera, which is funny because I bought that $700 camera, ended up buying a $3,000 camera later. But had that $700 camera. I still have it. It's in my garage. Like, I mean, I can still go do photo shoots on it and it looks amazing, but it was the levels of learning. Like now I need this and now I need this. And now I, you know, um, it comes into play with this being a videographer, being a photographer, always needing new gear. It's like this addiction, even though you don't need any of it, you could... You know, using but it mediocre- gets under your skin Yeah, <laughs> yeah. once you upgrade
0: something you're like oh man yeah. that made a big yeah. difference and yep. then
1: to go backwards yep. you wouldn't even think about yep. it and Cosmo's the worst he'll text me and be like look at my Amazon cart and I'm like oh,
0: "Shit, yeah 12 grand <laughs> yeah. and it's only two items <laughs> yeah so I don't want to like, look oh, at this man.
1: anymore yeah all the time so yeah definitely levels and uh, I think that's probably the funnest part about doing what I do is the levels it, it's something that you can never stop learning you're never too good and you're never good enough which is like you know double-edged sword love-hate relationship oh yeah oh yeah I oh feel
0: yeah. that way about this
1: yeah every step
0: forward you're taking five back yep or you're ta- not necessarily five but you'll you'll slip up and then it's like okay I've got all these other things mm-hmm. I've got to learn it's opening doors I yeah. guess is a better way to put it yeah you walk through one then there's four more yeah then you go through another one of those then there's twelve <laughs> It never st- you never get to the place where you think, oh, I've got this unlocked.
1: Nah, not nah, it, always matter. humbled. Always, always. I think that's the coolest thing about doing anything in the arts is it's forever humbling. It's like playing golf. I love that though. Yeah, I think if it was easy and you got it the first time, it wouldn't be as addictive. There would be no drive. There would be no drive. It's like one of those things. Like, imagine if somebody put a billion dollars in front of you tomorrow and was like, "This is yours." For me, I w- like, of course, anybody would be like, yeah, give it to me. But yeah, at the same time, I would... Yeah, but at the same time, it's one of those things like, well, shit, what do I do from here? You know, like, go travel? Cool. But then it takes the working, the reward, the out of... You know what I mean? So it's one of those, it's one of those things. If everyone gives you all the knowledge right away, what do you do with it? If somebody gave you a billion dollars, would you still be doing what you're doing? I... I think I would, honestly. Um I'm I'm a super weird person. Uh I I find this thrill in normalcy almost in a weird way. Um god, when I lived in LA, I I would I did stunts and I did a lot of different other things and I met a lot of really influential people there. And um th- watching how they lived And seeing how the complacency in having everything made me really skeptical about ever having everything. So I feel like if I had a billion dollars, of course, like set money aside and invest in things and that, but I definitely would still be doing what I'm doing. Probably still for the same prices that I do them because I love providing something to somebody. And I think that's the biggest part about me is I've always been like a giver. And someone who likes to provide something of value to other people. So, like, you know, providing value to businesses, I know like monetary gain and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, at the end of the day, like, I'm stoked that that business owner or that woman or that family was super happy that I gave them something that they could keep, you know, for themselves. And it's a
0: transactional relationship, but it's, mutually beneficial. Yes. Which is the key part of that. Yes. You're providing this service that they otherwise wouldn't have mm-hmm. and in return, they're getting some incredible product from yeah.
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, one of, it's one of those things in my head. My ideal transaction with a client, it sounds weird, but would be to do a job for them so well that they never called me back. If you think about that. Yeah, so not
0: long-term advantageous for you. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. But then
1: that spreads around and people hear oh this guy's honest. 100%. He puts
0: out great work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spread
1: his number along. Yeah. Something that makes them so happy that they're like wow I could use this for everything for forever or whatever. You know something that is super beneficial to people. That's my jam.
0: So you got your start in LA?
1: Yeah. So okay. Oh my god. Such a long story. I don't know how much time we have but I'll condense it as quick as I can. I grew up in Santa Cruz. Um, when I was 16, uh, this is what made me go this route. So it's kind of all relevant. It's very jumbled. But, um, I, when I was 16, 15 and a half, I became a parkour coach. Um, I was the first parkour coach in the US when I was 15, first actual like paid parkour coach. Um, and I did that until I was probably 19 or 20. And then my mom moved to San Diego to go help my, my sister. And she told me like, you got two weeks, you can either come with me or you can stay here. And I was like, man, like, do I really want to stay here? Cause at the time I was really conflicted. I was working like 15 hour days, no lunch breaks, like just nonstop. I was beating myself down.
0: Just doing freelance teaching?
1: Um, I was working at a gym and the gym was open like all day long. And then after you have to do administrative work and I have to paperwork and like, it was just never ending. And at the time, like I was kind of take advantage about, taken advantage of by the person because, you know, my mom had to sign my work. Yeah. You're just a kid. Yeah. You know? So, I was there for forever all the time. And um, so when she gave me that option, I was like, San Diego, like, sure, I'll go try it. Went to San Diego. Man, there was like nothing for me there. It was like a total different vibe from Santa Cruz. I was like, I don't know if I like this. Uh, And so I found a gym that had parkour. And I was like, man, I'll go to an open gym. Turns out that gym runs an event called True Movement. And True Movement, the LA guys come. So this one year, we did True Movement. I was trying to break a world record, which I did, um, unofficial world record for um, world's longest front flip. Um, Found out it cost $8,000. So I asked the LA guys like, hey, can you guys help me? And they were like, no, but we got a job for you in LA. And I was like, man, San Diego or LA? Off to the next. So I went to LA and I went and worked at a place called Joining All Movement. Shout out Joining All Movement. Um, It's the stunt hub. It's where every celebrity, every person goes to learn um, the ways of the warrior, you know. And uh, while I was there, I started meeting photographers and I started meeting people who were doing that side, you know, behind the camera rather being in in front of the camera. And I was in front of the camera quite often. I did a lot of different ads and commercials and stuff. And um, I was like, I want to be that guy because I really don't like this attention. I'm not an attention person. So I met a man named Tony Chu. He was a photographer and he was like, man, you got to like, you got to try this and showed me at a shoot one day. And I was like, this is really dope. Like, I think I might want to do this. Years, years later, living in Eureka, trying to make my way, you know, my wife who you know, I'm thankful every day for, she is a business owner and seeing how happy she was, providing something to somebody and being free in a schedule. Was like, oh man, I want that. And one day, like, man, I was down in the dumps, no money. You know, it was rough. And she was like, you need to do something that you love, and I will back you one hundred percent. So when we got married, she's like, hey, take some of the money that we got, buy your camera, and start your business. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yep. And that was it. And she like lit that fire under my butt, and that that was a wrap. Having it's not even about having the camera; it was about having someone backing me and someone believing in me which was what was my driving factor. makes the difference oh god yeah oh my god yeah so she yeah she lit the fire under my butt and I went for it man and um yeah I'm not like I try to be really modest but I feel like I have a pretty different vision so with that and having a camera and being able to showcase that I was off to the races I'll never go back it's yeah I'll probably do this for the rest of my life to be honest
0: how did you make the transition up here from L.A.?
1: Um, so I went from L.A. back to Santa Cruz. Um, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And uh, I, <laughs> I went a New Year's to San Francisco with some of my friends. And um, they made a dating app for me. And like, like a
0: profile. Yeah,
1: like to the T. Like there's some of my best friends. So I know them very, very well. They made this app. And um, I went back to coaching at that place in Santa Cruz. And my phone gets a notification. You have a new match. And I'm like, what is this? And like, disregard, because I think it's just like spam or something weird like that. And then uh, look at it again. And this time I opened it and it was Reagan. And I was like, wow, she's really cute. And I'm like, this cannot be real. So I told her I was a 47-year-old white man with 17 cats. And she was like, 47-year-old white man? She's like, ah, I'd have to get used to, but the cats I can do. And I was like, that's the worst joke I could have told you and you went for it. So while I was in Santa Cruz, she is from here and she took me up to visit and I was like, I want to move here. She's like, are you serious? Are you sure? It's like, yeah, absolutely. And we moved. She never thought she'd come back here, but I- Was she just down there for school or something? Yeah. She was down there practicing Chinese medicine at five branches. Wow. Yeah. What are the odds of that happening? Fate. Like I, it's so funny. My life has been just like a tumbling ball of randomness happening. Like everywhere I've been, everything I've ever done has been just like something falling in front of me. The universe, whatever you want to call it, it's just been like, I'm down with this. I'm going, I'm down with this. I'm going. And it's been that ever since. So, yeah. But you took advantage of it. Oh, yeah. I think that's
0: 90% of life is just you are presented an opportunity. And the question
1: is, do you take it or do you pass? 100%. 100%. I I think that comes into play too. When I was younger, my mom, um, my mom long story, three, three black kids, white lady back in the early nineties was rough. Um, we were originally from Chicago. She tried to follow my dad, who was a musician out here and we were homeless. There was nowhere to go. We were living in churches and random, like everywhere. And, um, she always made sure that whatever happened to us, we took advantage of it. You know what I mean? Like from somebody trying to give us food or somebody trying to give us money, like, yes, 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 yes. You know, take advantage, find a better solution and run with it. And so that's what I've always done my whole life. She definitely instilled that whole, like, keep it pushing motive and, and motivation for sure. Yeah. Man, you have a crazy origin story. Oh my God, dude. It's so funny because when I tell people stuff like this, they look at me like I'm either full of shit or I'm crazy. And I'm like, I, I swear, I swear. This, this is, is just this my life. This is just my life. And people have crazier lives you know, not my life's no crazier than somebody else, you know, but just the way that things worked out for me was a trip. It was like totally the craziest. I mean, I got that parkour job from a girlfriend who was a cheerleader at the time. And the guy was like, can you do a front flip at the time? I'd never done a front flip. And I was like, yeah, I could do a front flip. He's all do it right now. And I did it and landed it. And I was like, that was your first time trying it? First time ever on the floor.
0: How often does that happen? How many people Dude. have broken their
1: necks just trying? <sighs> I could do this One drunk at million. some party. He's like, you got the job. I was like, no way. Went home, told my mom. She was so mad. You did what? You did it. You could hurt yourself. I was like, I know, but I got a job, mom. <laughs> you know, off, I was a, like, off a flip. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, man. And that was 90s. I mean, that was parkour at its peak. Yeah, yeah. I actually, what was the what was the internet back then? Medicaf? What was the like a, It was this first search engine. Might have been a little before my time. I don't know. I don't remember. I I just searched on the internet when I was a kid, um, how to do a backflip, and this Parkour stuff came up, and I'm like, what what is this? And it was David Bell, and um, he's like one of the practitioners, biggest practitioners from France. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Went and tried to backflip, almost killed myself, said I'd never do it again. And then that was what kind of sparked it. Some of the people who watch this or listen to this podcast, whenever it comes out, um, some of my best friends will laugh because I used to sit on the football field and be like, hey, if you did a flip like this, I had no idea what I was talking about. But if you did a flip like this, it might work. And they'd be like, you do it. And I was always like, no, I don't want to do it. And then I ended up doing it for 16 years of my life. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, I can remember being in elementary school and parkour was huge, but our version was just climbing on top of buildings. <laughs> yeah. Like, we weren't doing flips yeah. or anything. We no. were just climbing on top yeah. of schools and stuff. It's yeah, like parkour. Yeah. yeah. yeah all of that. What was it, Michael Scott screaming parkour is just jumping off yeah, the walls in the office? Yeah, jumping off. Yeah.
1: Dude, you know how many people come up to me and they'll hear me say ever, like, you did parkour. They'll be like, oh, hardcore parkour. And I'm like, man. Don't. Different kind of parkour. Yeah. And like, it's way different from that. You know, the funniest thing about it is is like, um, I explained it to people from, because the true meaning is from getting to point A to point B in the quickest and most efficient way possible. So when I taught it, I would teach like the safety aspect of it because it's really important. Like, I think everybody should learn some aspect of parkour because it literally will keep you safe. Like I have students still that play football and they're like, every time I fall, I just roll immediately. I'm like, see, it's muscle memory. It starts to like, you know, starts to catch you and keep you keep you alive. Um, yeah, so that was that was a cool, cool time of my life. I definitely pay for it nowadays bend over and pick something up up. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but body agility is so important. Oh, yeah. How many people,
0: they were jumping off a one-story building would just plant their feet? Game over.
1: (sighs) Oh my god, game over. And not even think to roll. No, not even. Not even. Not even close. I actually fell with my camera and parkour took over and I picked my camera up and I'm like,
0: no way. All those years paid (laughs) off.
1: (laughs) Worth it. You know, sitting here teaching people for forever and like never really. Never really happening to me. And then it happens and I'm like, oh, my God, it's pretty funny. How long was the front flip that you did? Uh, 21 record? feet, seven and a half inches. It's on YouTube. You could look it up.
0: Oh, shit. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah.
1: Rejumping jumping obviously off of flat some, ground. Oh, flat ground. Flat ground. <gasps> so running start. Running start. Yep. 21 feet. Yeah. It costs $8,000 to get your name in the book. I still have the email of submitting the footage and them saying like, oh, this is absolutely a record. 8000 I was like, no way, dude. I'm never paying that. I st- if I had a billion dollars, I still wouldn't pay it.
0: Is that for the Guinness Book of World
1: Workers? Yeah. They make you pay to get in that? Think about how thick that book is. I tell people this all the time. Think about how thick that book is. $8,000 in name. That's a scam. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's like 500 pages in that book. Some guy's sitting in
0: his mansion just laughing could Cra- he got people to pay I'm into that. Right?
1: $8,000. I couldn't believe it. And then the like lowest package was five thousand dollars, but I had to fly to the UK to have the official joke. to like, do it in front of them. Yeah, yeah, that was like, basically. I already it did it. It's on yeah. video. Too. I'm like, it's
0: on video. Yeah, no, yeah, that's no. a rip. Yeah, I didn't know you had to pay. I would not pay to get in there. No way. Why would you? Still, yeah, you already broke the record. Total scam. This is my prize. I get to be in the book. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah there was um, there was a guy who tried to tried to break it and I think he got the same measurement or just like just shy of it or something like that. So there's somebody who's trying to somewhere. I'm sure that somebody will and I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to go do it again. But you know, it was, that was a cool, cool time of life for sure. Do you still do any parkour? Uh, you know, I'm lazy. I'm going to be real. Uh, no, I, I don't, I need to start. Um, you know, I, from working out so much and straining my body like I was, I had massive adrenal fatigue. That was when I first met Reagan. She was seeing like mood swings and I couldn't get up and I was doing this and all this stuff. And she's like, You gotta get checked. Like something's wrong with you. And I was in such denial. And she went and took me to one of her teachers at Five Branches, Marquetta. Um, and she told me that I was having massive adrenal fatigue. And she was like, You need to stop doing what you're doing. And I like thought she was full of it. I'm like, why would I stop? And she's like looked me in my face. And it was one of those moments of like, she's not joking. Like something's wrong, you know? And she was like, you need to stop. You need to take a break. And I went home and I like had this whole like emotional, like, God, is something really wrong? And I actually stopped. I I retired and um, I took the time and man, I haven't, I haven't really gone back since. Of course it's still in me. Like I took my kid to dream athletics the other day and I was doing flips and so I was like, yeah, this is stuck. had to show off a little bit. Yeah, you know, like it's still let them know who's still in there. Still. Yeah, it's still in there, but um, but uh, yeah, you know, I I'm lazy to be real. Like, there's no well, way it's to take coat. a toll on your body. It really does. It really does. I think m- more of why I haven't gone back is because almost like, I mean, compared to what other people really deal with, it's almost like a PTSD feeling. Like I go to do it, and it like brings me back to all the stress and all the. And I'm like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. Um, I also have vertigo. I smashed my head while I was coaching in San Diego. And um, ever since then, any backflipping skills, oh my God. The whole world is like, yeah, it's like being the drunkest you've ever been. If you've ever drank to like in, in a flash, it's like, as soon as it happens, you're the drunkest you've ever been the most uncomfortable feeling immediately.
0: Which is not ideal. Oh, my
1: Being God. Being in midair. No. That's not what you want no. to happen. My repercussions from that and not getting checked out professionally like I should have. I was such a hard head. Like, for example, I can throw my son Ira up in the air. And if I look up in the air and catch him, my whole world is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I have to stand there. And My wife will be like, you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, just give me a second. And then I put him down. I'm like, no more. <laughs> We're done with that. Yeah. So Do you I, think you got a concussion from that? Oh, oh yeah. Without a doubt. Oh, Oh, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing where I was. My I mean like my mom had to take care of me for months. I had no idea what was going on. It was terrible. It was so bad. Uh, the only thing I remember was like I was teaching double front flips into a foam pit to my students and I just trying to try to be funny went too far. There's a trampoline on the bottom and I bounced off the trampoline and hit the wall. And when I hit the wall That's what happened. And from being under six feet of foam, there's no oxygen. So I was in there for 12 minutes with no oxygen to my brain. They pulled me out. The only thing I remember was opening my eyes, my boss sitting just as far as you are. And he's like, hey, man, you hit your head. And I'm like, who are you? And he starts laughing and he walks out of the door because he's a really funny guy. He starts laughing and walks out of the door. And I'm sitting there like, what is going on? And I look down at my shirt and I recognized the shirt from passing by, but I didn't realize that I was working, but I just saw the logo and thought, oh, I recognize this logo. Not that it's on your body. And then he comes back in and he's like, wait, are you serious? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And that was the moment where I realized like, oh, something's really wrong. Looking at a picture of my niece, I had no idea who she was. When I got home, I started crying. My mom's like, that's you. And I'm like, I would have never guessed. Those are the shake it off days. (sighs) Oh my God. I wish. I'm fine. No, dude, it was crazy. Yeah. 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 The first time that I really realized I had vertigo, I came here to visit and I did a flip. I actually have the video I can show you. Um, I did a flip at the the boardwalk over in old town and it was the first time I'd gone upside down and had no idea where I was. This flip was like one that I was known for. And I went upside down and like, Whoa, smash the ground. I was like, dude, I don't know what just happened. And Reagan's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know what just happened. She's like, are you hurting? I don't know what just happened. And it was like, that was my moment. That's a wake like, up call. Yeah. It's like, you're not invincible anymore, dude. You know, it was, it was very humbling. It was very, Well, it's very hard
0: when it's something that you, like that, that you're known for, or that you've been doing for so long. And then suddenly that skill's just. Gone. Evaporated. Gone. Yeah. But you got to eat a lot of shit <sighs> to be good at parkour.
1: Oh my God, man. I couldn't even tell you how many stuff especially doing it with no training that was the worst part was when i started there was there was no nobody was teaching yeah you're your own test subject yeah i was going outside just hurting myself all the time i think i could do this trick yeah all the time like how do you go this way yeah no
0: yeah the pivot to photography is probably a good
1: call oh yeah yeah Yeah, being in that realm and like learning all of that stuff and being there for so long, and then seeing somebody behind a camera still getting to experience it, I was like, "That
0: I want to do that." (laughs) Yeah, he's got to figure it out. He gets
1: to watch, and there's no skin in the game. None, none, none. I wouldn't. I would not go back. I prefer photography, videography, not just because like safety and whatever, but I feel like it's more fulfilling. Like I was coaching and it was cool, you know, teaching people new things and stuff. But for me, getting the craziness out of my head into something that somebody else can like see is way more fulfilling to me, in my opinion.
0: Well, in the adrenal fatigue aspect, I wouldn't have even guessed that comes into play. Oh. But the stakes are always high if you're going to eat shit, right? Always. Yeah, I had never even heard of it until I wouldn't have connected the dots on that.
1: No way. Nope. I mean, it's not like you're going to war. No, but your body's still getting ramped up to 100 each time you go, jumping gaps, doing things that are scary, constantly breaking fear. Yeah, man, it, it's a it's a whole different ballgame. So when I hear hardcore parkour, I'm like, if only you really knew. <laughs> yeah, then they really just know. jump up in the air. <laughs> yeah. six inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, by no means am I the best. Like, there are people that would put me to shame with their career and what they do. But, um, yeah, man, I had my fair share, and it was it was cool. It was, it, it's a cool memory to look back on, but definitely something like I'd never do again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I'll, I'll video it. For you yeah. If you want to try yeah. some tricks, I can
1: point you in the right direction, yeah. but you're yeah, not yeah. getting a demo. No, 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 no,
0: no, Not so much. Well, not it's so cool much. that this is more fulfilling
1: for you. Yeah. That you pivoted from
0: something that you love to something you love oh, even yeah. more.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when I was, when I was in high school, I took a photography class and I was like, this is the coolest thing. And I never did anything with it. Never, never came back to it. Never went and got a camera. Never, even one of them disposed, nothing. And it wasn't until I got that job editing photos. I'm like, man, this is kind of cool. Like I want to, I want to do the fun part. Like I want to take the pictures and, you know, and then it was the experimenting and seeing how far you could go with, with what you're doing. Um, I try not to like niche myself for the most part. Like, I don't know if you've seen a lot of my work, but like, I I try to stay outside of a bound because I don't I I know that some people niche down and they're like, wedding photographer, or and that's so dope. Like kudos to you for sure. But for me personally, like I like to be able to do a lot more things just because it's more fulfilling for me. Like if I'm doing the same, I mean, no wedding is the same and no birthday party is the same. But if I'm doing the same type of thing all the time, parkour starts to get old after a while. So I like to like do new things. And so lately I've been getting way more into just filming, um, you know, like I did a video about the coast and I did a video about the forest and I'm gonna do one about the city and like things like that. And just kind of like testing myself, you know, going out of my bounds and learning new things and diversifying my vision really. Yeah. Yeah, I don't
0: like the niche. people say especially when you're starting out all of the advice is find your niche and don't leave that box i don't agree with that i get it if that's what you like if you say hey i really love wedding photography yeah and this is all i want to do and you stick to that and you hone in there cool i get that yeah but if you have aspirations outside of that why would you want to why would you want to build a box around yourself i right i get it for the traction of because it's hard getting your shit out there online (laughs) it's
1: hard it totally is and
0: having a niche helps because people know what to expect exactly
1: but But that's 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 the thing that's the thing that's for me it's being comfortable you're finding it it, this is no offense to anybody but this is like finding a niche to me is like you are comfortable making people comfortable i don't like to make people comfortable i like to make you uncomfortable i like to make you think use your brain a little more, you know, so, you know, I feel like finding a niche is just being comfortable and I'm not down with that. More power to it. If you could do it, man, I know some wedding photographers and videographers that are amazing at what they do. I would never take it from them, but for me personally, I definitely like to stay outside of a niche and kind of do more things.
0: I think it pays off in the long end more if you don't niche down. Yeah, I it's agree. It's easier in the beginning if you pick something and just ride it out, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then what? Then you're doing the same thing. Maybe you get really good at it, yes. but if you don't love it and you want to try these other things and then you get this audience capture where yeah. you're only making stuff you know is going to work
1: online, yep. then what's the Then point? you're back
0: to a job that you don't like. Yeah,
1: it, thank you. Thank you. Uh, a, a photographer... forgot who it was. It'll come to me later, of course. I'll walk out of the door and be like, dang it! um said finding a niche is like eating the same food every day eating your favorite food every day nobody will eat their favorite food every single day and still enjoy it like they did the first time and when i heard that i was like wow that speaks true i could not eat ice cream every day and love it the same as the first time i had it
0: did you get sick of it
1: yeah you got to come back you got to you know mix it up and then come back to it you know what i mean
0: well you strike
1: me as a guy that likes to be a little
0: uncomfortable and push yourself oh yeah and to be just focused on this one thing in one way would be a little challenging
1: it'd be really hard for me i feel like um my wife would laugh you know because i try hard to focus on one thing like a stupid off-topic example like taking the medications that she tells me i should take all the time that i don't take like that type of stuff i try so hard to do that and i can't and i don't know why and i think it's because my brain is like
0: all let's over go the place.
1: yeah all the time what's the next challenge? what's the next thing what's the newest thing what can i do better what can i always trying to evolve which is you know double-edged sword it's kind of a downfall you know it is it is a little bit of a downfall because you you know if you don't stick to one thing and and uh you know really feel comfortable in that when you come back to it sometimes it's a little eh makes you feel like damn i should have stuck to this just a little bit more What's the phrase? Uh, um, Jack of all trades, master of none. Have you heard the full quote before? Yeah,
0: master of none, but far better than a master of one. Yeah, uh, People always
1: leave out the tail end of that.
0: I wonder Jack why. Jack of all
1: trades. I wonder why they always leave out the end. I wonder who. Because they're sporadic. People uh, like to bounce around.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then if you start something and go to something else, you don't have to try to get that other thing off the ground. Mm. You're just bouncing around. Mm. Oh, I started playing guitar, but you know. Now I'm working over here and I'm not really doing guitar anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel I dude, I feel that. I play I've been playing guitar for a long time and I think I can only play one song from beginning to end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Um yeah, definitely gift and a curse. But I, I would rather live with a gift and a curse than eat the same food every day. That's just me. I think life's a little more exciting that way.
0: Yeah. Again, if that's the path you want to take. Some people yeah. like to hone in oh, and yeah. that's great. Yeah. Because then you can really you become build the best. Out that craft
1: yeah like um a ckc image ken johnson have you ever oh my god that man is the best in my opinion the best photographer in our entire area hands down hands down oh my god I'll have to check him out dude he's he's uh justin actually works with him sometimes in weddings and stuff Um, but I, I saw CKC image when I first moved here on my Instagram feed before I even started doing photography and I had been following him ever since then. And then when I started doing photography, I probably annoy him to the utmost. I'm in his DMs all the time. Like, Hey, Ken, like, let me know if I could ever come on a shoot with you. I'd love to learn from you. And he's like, I'll think about it. And like, wait for a couple of months. Like, Hey, Ken, uh, I'd love to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but he's, he's incredible. He does um, a lot of flash photography for weddings and even senior portraits and stuff, but oh my God, he's phenomenal. Phenomenal.
0: Humboldt's interesting in that way where we do have gatekeepers in some regards, but we also have a community that is willing to help oh, if yeah. you're interested in getting help.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You just have to take advantage of that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I have a lot of people actually come to me and ask me for information of how I did this and how I did this. And I, dude, I'll give it to you all day. Yeah, I don't like the gatekeeping idea. Oh, I, I don't it. understand it. I I think I I don't know. I could be blowing up smoke, but you know, I think gatekeeping partially comes from the pride of being good at something. You know, when you become very prideful of being good at what you're doing, it's hard to like give someone secrets, maybe in the fear that they're gonna become better than you. Um, in parkour, what I learned and something that I take with me everywhere. Um, it's something that I told my students all the time. There is nobody better than you. Everyone learns differently. There's nobody. Nobody is better than anybody at anything. It's just some people take more time to be good at one particular thing or this particular thing. So even now when I'm doing what I'm doing, like, you know, um, Ken aside, (laughs) he's definitely hands down the best. I, I, I'll, I'll, say that all day, every day. But um I don't I in my opinion, I don't think anybody's better than anybody else in in retrospect. Like I really think that everyone has their own way of doing something. Um there's creators like a uh, Shop IFs is her um Instagram tag. Her name is Ifa. Um she does really, really good business uh, videography and photography for locals here. Um Cosmo. Does incredible videos and for business he does stuff from like Dream Arcada and stuff like that. I'm Justin weddings. He does you know um, um, like uh, documentary type stuff and things like that. He's really good at that too. Um, So everyone has their own thing, but I will never keep secrets. I can't. I can't. It's it's in my coaching nature to like just tell you how to spread the information. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like gatekeeping is is from that pride. I feel like it's almost not ego in like a malicious way, but I feel like it's a little bit of an ego thing. Like, I don't want you to be better than me
0: because then you're going to take work from me. Yeah. It's that famine mentality. If there's only so much of this pie that if I
1: cut you in, then it's less pie. Yeah. You're going to take away some of my pie. hundred percent. hundred. And I'm the total opposite. I mean, I all tag people in my own posts to customers or to clients that are like, Hey, do you do this? (laughs) Cosmo. Aoife, like all the time. I tag people all the time. And they're like, why do you do that? It's taking business from you. And I'm like, it's community. Without community, we don't have media. If you think about it, you know, there's nobody to watch your media if we don't build a community around it.
0: Well, in the internet age, the pie's gone. Yeah, you could be, reach. You could get clients all over the world, or have people everywhere see yourself. Everywhere. There's no thin slice that. Oh, I have to guard this with my life because yeah. this is all I'm gonna get. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I feel like it's a really old mentality. Maybe it's strong in some people though. Ooh, sucker has a strong grip. I've yo yeah. I've met a quite a few people. You ask questions and they're like immediately defensive. And for me, I will. I won't. I won't test you. I'll be like, okay, my bad. I I didn't know whatever. In the back of my head, I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah, can YouTube this? Yeah, you know, I could go home and find out. But I wanted to ask from you. In my my opinion, when somebody asks me something on how to do something, I'm so excited. I'm excited because you came to me. Of all people, you came to me. Hell yeah, I'll teach you. Hell yeah, I'll tell you everything. Because you came to me. That shows that either I'm doing something that is benefiting you that you like, or that you trust me enough to give you that information. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my opinion for that. I think the worst form of that is when,
0: you know, you have this idea of don't tell people your dreams because they're just going to shit on them. Mm. And you have those people where you'll say, oh yeah, I want to do this. And they might not even be in the field or do anything relevant to it, but they'll say, oh, don't you don't want to do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Go do this other thing.
1: 100%. 100%. Shitting on people's dreams. Yeah. I That's like near and dear to my heart. When I was in high school, I was short and very slow. Never in a million years did anybody think that I would be a professional athlete at any, at any point. I had so many people at the time when I posted about my world record be like, you're full of shit. That's not true. Like, blah, blah, blah. Or people would be like, I always knew that you could do it even though they were the ones who always told me that I couldn't do it. You know, I always had people shitting on my dreams and that's what gave me the drive to keep doing it, to get better, to get faster, to get stronger, to get, you know, and so it's interesting being here because no one, no one does that to me here. No one's like, Oh, you're trash or nothing like that. It's all community. It's like, people are like, your work's great. I'm like, so is yours. Let me share it on my story every single day because that's how you give work to people. That's how you, that's how you do it. You know what I mean?
0: And you've built up enough catalog where people can't say, Oh, your shit sucks. Yeah. Cause all you have to do is say, Hey, have you seen my Instagram? Yeah. Look, this is my catalog.
1: Yeah. And it's funny too, because I just started doing video work, you know, primarily all I did was photos before. I mean, I had like a a Canon T2i. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like 1080p is like the best resolution. It has no stabilizers. Everything's really, really shaky. So that's what I used to use. And so I never did video. It was always photos. Um, I didn't start getting into video until January of last year. And I started like taking it seriously, like as soon as I started it, you know? Um, but primarily like photography, like my website has a lot of different photography that I don't post on my Instagram or that's not there. Um, you know, so it's, it's one of those things. Like I have, I have a hard drive with like a terabyte, maybe 1.5 terabytes of photos that I've never posted that are edited, that are just sitting there. And I tell my wife all the time, I need to make prints. I need to like do something with this work because I could sit and post it all day, but what is it really gonna do? It's not like you know, it's it's just to show, and I'm not like a show off per se. You know what I mean? So I just like to keep it. I might might make some prints or something. Yeah, you should make some prints. I'm really thinking about it, but I'm like, man, then then I got to like sell them. And then I got to be like a salesman and I don't want to like push your product. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i not trying to be a salesman to people, you know, but you know, that's know. my
0: hardest part with all of this is this mm. idea that you have to build
1: the brand around yourself, which yeah. you do. I mean, it's valid yeah. advice
0: that you got to, yeah. you know, you could create the best product, but if nobody sees it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. What do you it just feels yeah. weird trying it to push really your stuff or push yourself and say, Hey, this is out here. It really I'm does. making this.
1: It really, really does. Um, It it really feels like, okay, this, I have nothing against religion. It's not about that. It's about the idea of it. It's like, it's like, uh, when a Jehovah's witness comes to your door and it's like something behind the couch. Yeah. It's like something that you're not expecting. You're like, why are you here? That's how I feel. And like I said, no offense. If you're Jehovah's witness, more power to you, whatever, but you know, it's like one of those things, you know, like you're not expecting it. So I don't want to be that person to come knocking on your door. And you're like, why are you at my door? Well, I want to sell you something. It's just weird to me. I don't know. I
0: keep telling myself I need to pick up a sales book and just, that's my next frontier. It's a good idea. Branching into that realm. Cause that's if you really can, if idea. you're a good salesman, yeah. a lot of doors open up.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. When I, when I talk to clients and stuff, like I'm a pretty good salesman, but when it comes to like personal things, like my prints, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'll sell you. I'll sell you a a tier package for your business, but to convince you to buy this print of this leaf that looks so beautiful, you know, I'm like, nah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe let not. me go back to the package. <laughs> yeah, let me. Yeah. You don't want to see
0: that. Yeah, Let's go no, back yeah. to your, the actual work I can give you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a challenge. Definitely. And the people that are good at it, I mean, you you get tangible results because you can see where that
1: leads. Oh but yeah. Just,
0: yeah. Breaking that barrier is a little <laughs> tough
1: sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's totally true. It, breaking barriers is tough in general, but then doing it in your own realm that you're trying to succeed at is the tricky part. You know, I'm sure. I'm 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 sure you have offered podcasts to people and they tell you no,
0: like invite a guest
1: on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, that yeah. are like not comfortable and they're like no oh, way. You're yeah. like oh well, my bad. Like I didn't. You know. It's one of those things. Like, same for me. Like, I'll offer a client like, hey, I could do this for you. And they're like, no, thank you. I'm like, oh,
0: okay. Well, good luck. Yeah, you have
1: to get used to rejection. Yeah. If you're going to
0: put anything out
1: into the world. Yeah. Rejection is going to be 90% of it. 100%. I feel like my most humbling rejection moments were from, I used to model in LA and oh my God, (laughs) you'd stand in line with 40 other people waiting to go do this casting, get to the table. Say your and some situations this is this is real. Some situations you say your name and they ask you your age or whatever the prompt is that they're gonna ask you. They won't even ask you the rest of the questions if they don't catch your vibe immediately. There was there was one day I walked in and this lady said, Okay, what's your name? And I said, Malachi and blah, blah, blah. Said, Where are you from? I live here, used to live in Santa Cruz, and she said, Okay, and so what are you here for? And I thought she meant, what are you here for? What role are you here for? Because that's usually the question that you hear. So I repeated the role that she was looking for. And she was like, next. My heart dropped. And I was like, wait, isn't that what she asked me? I walked out and I walked out of the door and he's like, the guy is standing next to the door. He's like, did you, did you tell her your role too? And I looked at him like, you son of a bitch. Like, man. Thanks for the advice. Yeah. You know, so there were days where you just get like rejected, like nothing, just paper on a desk you know and
0: face to face rejection is another
1: level (sighs) yeah it's way harder way harder I was I I started dabbling in casting directing and I got to assist somebody this one time and I'll never forget it It was probably the biggest eye-opening experience of my entire life Um, we were casting for like uh, uh, a couple a blonde like basically a Ken and Barbie vibe and obviously this woman didn't get the memo but she walked in she was redhead um, she was heavier set and she came in and as soon as she walked through the threshold of the door, everybody next to me just started whispering. And I, I was out of the loop and I'm looking over like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about. And as soon as she stepped on the blue tape line, the lady was like, what are you doing here? You're 200 pounds over what we're asking. And I was like, my heart dropped. I picked up my papers and I started walking to the door and she's like, where are you going? And I was like, I quit. I can't do this there's no way I can be affiliated with somebody that judges that hard. Like she could have been your person. She's just bigger, you know? And that was the day of like knowing that rejection is so hard for some people. So for me now, I kind of don't kind of numb to it just from watching that moment. Like you can't take people's words to heart for the most part.
0: Yeah. It's hard to swallow that.
1: It really is.
0: It's crazy to think about how many people have something inside of them that could be really great, mm-hmm. but they don't ever produce it for fear of that rejection.
1: Yeah, that they just—that's
0: kind of like the box thing earlier. But you've built it around yourself mm-hmm. so hard, you won't even try. Yep, you can't. You—the fear of getting rejected is yeah. so strong. Yeah, I'm not even gonna do this. I think it also comes from social media. That's a big one. It really is, because now you're seeing everybody's. Perfect work. Yeah. And you're comparing, especially if you're just trying to start out, you're mm-hmm. comparing, oh, this is what I did yep against someone who's been doing it for 15 years
1: that you don't know they've been invested that long. Absolutely. You're like, well, Absolutely. shit. I'm not gonna post this. Yeah. It's also that little little hint of validation, you know. Like even though I can say like I don't post on Instagram for validation. Everyone does. If you post, if you post on social media, you're posting for some small piece of validation, whether you accept it or not, because, you know, what's the point of doing it then other than branching out your business or whatever, but there's other means to do that. You can Google, you know, you could newspaper, you could do this, but that little, little spark of validation, I think is what keeps people, you know, trying to be approved and to be taken into something and you know feel valid really do you feel that way when you're posting your work that there's that tinge of validation in there too <sighs> man my w- my wife will be like oftentimes she'll just tell me just post it because i'll sit at home and i will like my profile is really sporadic. Everyone's like, you should post one to three times a day, and blah, 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 Post it these times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like very, very specifics. And sometimes like I, f- I follow that for certain things, but I also struggle with posting specific things sometimes because I don't want people to think that I'm seeking a validation for something. You know, I have this weird like give and take of I don't feel like posting anything because I don't want to feel like I'm needy or like I'm needing someone's validation. I'm posting because I want somebody to see something beautiful today. You know what I mean? Like my last post was trees that I took at Sequoia, like beautiful photos, beautiful photos. But I only posted them because I really just wanted to see, I wanted people to see them. I wanted people to see how cool they looked, but not for them to be like, oh, you're so amazing. Nothing like that. Yeah, not get the praise on the back. Yeah, I don't need none of the praise. None of it. None of it. People always tell me like, how come you only have 800 followers? I'm like, dude, it really doesn't matter. Have you ever sat in a room with 800 people? It's a lot of people. (sighs) Man, like half of the people who have a thousand followers, 2000 followers that complain, I want to be. Have you really actually even talked to all those people? I could tell you right now, probably 60% of the people that follow me, I actually speak to like I actually engage with like on the regular because there are people that I know, there are people that ask me questions or in my DMs asking how to do this and do stuff like that. A lot of them are just people that are like, you know, random that I've never met before or whatever. But um, I feel like it's really important to connect with those people because they're giving you something. They're giving you time that's non-refundable, right? They're giving you their emotion, whether they connect with your work or not. So why not give them something back? You know, you got to give them some type of thank you, some type of anything. So that's been
0: challenging on my end working (laughs) through that because that's, again, back to the advice you get, especially starting out is you need to cultivate the audience and you need to Mm -hmm. engage with them and you should want to engage with them. Yeah. And I always go back and forth. Sometimes I'm thinking, yeah, I should engage in the comments more and I should respond and Mm -hmm. I should be active in that to Mm -hmm. try to cultivate the dialogue that I would like to see us working with, you know? But then sometimes you go in there and you're like, I can't fucking deal with <laughs> this. I can't be in here. This is crazy. it's <laughs> so, so toxic. Yeah, and so I got to get yeah. out of here just yeah. for my own sake of mine. Yeah. And I also feel bad because if I'm engaging in the comments with people about a clip from a podcast, mm-hmm. it almost feels disingenuous to the guest because mm-hmm. it's like I'm in the room, but they've left. Uh, and
1: now I'm continuing the conversation. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a very interesting perspective, especially with what you do. Wow. And maybe that's just because
0: sometimes it can get sideways. Yeah. So I don't want it to seem like I'm like you're speaking for somebody.
1: Yeah. 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 I could understand that for sure.
0: But I do. You do want to engage with people because it is incredible that they've found your work, that they Mm -hmm. like it or Mm -hmm. hate it and feel the need to comment. And you want (laughs) to like be there in that with them.
1: Mm -hmm. You just got to master being able to disengage why
0: oh, I'm a pro at Disney. Yeah, dating. I was going to say too much at yeah. <laughs> I was
1: going to say that's that's probably the the biggest uh thing that I tell anybody that has social media, um, that has to like do anything is like being able to stay true to yourself but also stop a conversation or know when to stop a conversation. Somebody really good at that, uh one of my friends, Tex, uh, Tex Kelly, I don't know if you, you probably know him. Yeah, I'm is. familiar with him. Yeah. Um is, when we hang out sometimes like oh my god, it's crazy. His phone just like notifications on the top. And I asked him one day, I was like, "Dude, how do you like how do you do that?" And he's all, "Sometimes I don't even know. Sometimes it's just hard, but I always just say what I feel." And when he said that, I just thought about it like, "You know that's so true because some people won't do that. Some people will put a guard up or they'll sugarcoat things for other people. I've never been one to sugarcoat. I can't. It's it's hard for me because I would rather you tell me to my face how you're feeling or the truth that you're feeling then like beat around the bush and then find out later, you know, kind of thing. So like, you know, he's really good at that. He'll get comments about like, like his weight or whatever post he just made. That's like inspirational and like just people being super toxic or just trolls in general. And how he replies every time is like, you're genius. You're genius. I don't know how you just, like roasted that guy in the nicest, kindest way, but he stopped replying to you <laughs> like you did a great job, you know? So he's definitely somebody to learn that from, but um, yeah, I mean, having that community and engaging with them is difficult. It is, it is very difficult. I still have a lot of DMs. Though. Oh God, it just reminded me. I have to reply to you. <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting in there for the past month. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of one just in particular, like, oh man. Um, Yeah. That's, I think that's, one of the, also the biggest flaws about social media is, you know, I have people, I have a main profile that I like post funny random crap on. And then I have like my photography profile and on my main profile, I have a lot of old friends from like high school and college and like things like that on there um, that I chat with pretty often, but none of them are not, none of them. A lot of them don't even know that I own a photography business. Which is funny because, like, I'll get a random follower one day and look at my phone and I'm like, oh, whoa, like, that's XYZ from back, back when. And they'll message me and be like, I had no idea you were doing this. I'm like, oh, well, I post about it all the time. But in that moment of I post about it all the time, you don't look at your phone all the time. You could have just missed my post, you know? So some people take that stuff to heart. Like, you're not following me, which is crazy. I'm like, bro, no. Like, one of my homies, Reef, he's an artist out here. You should also get him on your podcast. He's great. Um, he, he doesn't follow me and we're friends. We talk on the regular and I'm, I always give him a hard time like jokingly because I, I don't care. I'm like you're not following me yet. He's like, dude, I don't even follow my own sister. <laughs> he follows like very, very a good. Spe- comeback. Yeah, <laughs> it's Like, all right. I get it. <laughs> very specific people. So like him, you'll joke with, but some people really take that stuff to heart and it's kind of sad. It kind of makes me worry about like my sons Are my son's going to be like that. I hope not.
0: I think my problem is, is I, I'm too good at disengaging. Mm. So I don't take any of it personal. So I can be in mm. those toxic comments and it's almost like there's a veil between me and what's being said. Uh, I don't even think it's being said about me in some way. Okay. okay. Which can bite you in the ass when it's directed at the guest because then, oh, well, don't you care about what's being said about this person? True. And you got to walk that line. True. And I'm so
1: pro free speech that yeah. for some people, it's, that's a hard pill to swallow. God, man, nowadays it's really hard with the whole free speech thing. Because like the whole cancel culture, I think, uh, man, oh, I, I, could, I could sit off this mic and talk to you probably for hours. No, just knowing that. But like, I think the cancel culture is rough for a lot of people. Uh, I feel like it's so fear-based that people are starting to lose themselves in trying to be something that they're not.
0: Out of fear of, I can't say this because people are going to attack me so I'm going to change how
1: I really feel. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That's a trap you can't fall into. No. Because if you've, not only if you do fall into that trap, and that happens, um, one, your community will judge you. Which sucks, because our community is very small. Um, two, your, you know... Okay. Um, one, your community will judge you, um, two, your, um, you know, your, your, your direct peers will judge you based on what you say. But not only that is most of the things that we talk about are very close knit and wrapped in our jobs. So you could lose jobs over things that you say nowadays, which for some people is really scary for some people. It's, um, they'd rather stay quiet than risk it all. And, um, Yeah, I'm not really the stay quiet type of person, which is, like I said earlier, it's kind of a downfall. It's kind of a gift and a curse because I definitely could shoot myself in the foot. But also, you know, we have to remember as human beings and as people, before we had governments, before we had any of this, people just ran freely. And I understand the reason for governments and policing and all these things is because there are really crazy people in the world. So I get it. I totally get it. But if you have to, like, you got to think about it way, way, way back when we didn't have any of that. And we survived. We didn't have a sensor that we had to follow. We could say what we wanted to say. And most people would hear it. Most people weren't offended by it. And that's the hardest part to dabble in is offending someone rather than just having the conversation. Like, Conversation is to gain experience, but it's also to gain a perspective that you don't have. So if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, you should be ready to get another perspective that maybe you don't agree with. You don't have to agree with it, but you also don't have to crucify this person and ruin their whole life over it.
0: Which you isn't know? that the best part of having a conversation with someone you don't know? 100%. Because you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know
1: what this person feels or how they think. Or... That's the point. That's the point. I, I talk to random people on the street and they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you forgot the old ways of just saying hi to a stranger and meeting you and, I'm, you know? Agreeing to disagree? Lost art. Like, why not? Why not? Why not have the debate and then go have a beer or go take a walk and enjoy the sunshine? You know, why does it have to be so internalized? I think I think it's just internalization of of insecurities for the most part for some conversations, for sure. Um, Yeah, me and my wife actually just were talking about this. um, Somebody sent me a super, super racist meme. And in my heart, in the moment, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. But then again, I had to think like, their words, their words, what did it really do to me? It didn't do anything but make me frustrated in the moment. I'm not gonna be dead tomorrow. I'm not gonna be sad tomorrow. I'm gonna get over it and forget about it in a week. You know? So like it's those moments for me that happen that like bring me back to reality. Like, man, it's just words, it's just people's opinions. As long as I stay doing what I'm doing and keep my son safe and keep my wife happy. What else? You gotta keep it in context. I mean, how many
0: people most everyone that does that (laughs) hates their lives. Oh, yeah. Nobody that's happy is out here spewing hate. No, They're just not. No. And how many of them are just trolling, just to troll because they're exactly. so miserable they got to bring you down. Yep. And then I always think what portion of the people in the comments or wherever are just bots. Yeah. That are just just somebody released out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think, I, okay, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. I forgot who it was. Comedy, comedy should be the one untouched say all everything. In my opinion, I feel like no comedian should be ever hazed for anything they say, no matter how bad it is. And the reason being is because it makes what is happening around us relevant to everybody. And if you don't like it, it's just not for you. It's like music, you know, like I like a lot of music, but there's some music I cannot listen to. doesn't mean it's bad music. It's just not for me.
0: And imagine if someone was out there saying, oh, we got to cancel rock and roll. I don't like this genre, we're, we're taking it
1: out. Seriously, I'd like, why would you do that? There's amazing, amazing music, and you're going to just get rid of it because something, you know what I mean? And you don't have to listen. Just don't. Just, That's the key. For real. Like, nowadays, on a phone, you got Spotify, dog. Stop playing rock and roll. Stop playing this. Stop doing this. Stop doing it. You have Instagram. Somebody said something offensive. Unfollow. Unfollow or block the account, or you can even write in the suggested whatever. To Nowadays, you can write in... There's like a... I forget what the setting is, but you can write specific keywords that you don't want to hear. Write it in there, you'll never hear it. Very easy. If it's affecting you that much, protect yourself. It was kind of perfect. I,
0: so I got up there for a second for people that are just listening. I've been having an issue with these cameras. I don't know if it's just this brand, but every now and then, every... I don't know 10-15 podcasts one of the cameras will just cut out and have these purple lines like the software just tanks. oh weird. and so I got up to reset it because I've been smart enough now to actually monitor that to see when it kicks on but that's it, why I was getting up is does
1: it do it on your camera or just it your does monitor? it
0: on the camera which is why I'm thinking it must be I, I maybe
1: your cables could be your cables
0: tripping the camera, like.
1: <clears throat> yeah, sometimes the cable, the- like the the actual housing of the cable, can do that. Mm. And then yeah. I have to unplug it, turn it off. Yeah, disconnect or- the power. Yeah, it also could be because, like, y- your cameras. I know I'm like looking away and looking at cameras, but do you see how that c- the cable hangs down? Maybe clip the cable up higher, so there's no oh, so way it's not having the drag on it. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm that could glad be another I brought thing. that up. I figured you would have some <laughs> yeah, tips. Yeah, okay. could, that could be another thing. That could be another no thing.
0: No gatekeeping here. We're sharing. Yeah, <laughs> we're sharing
1: yeah I don't glad know. I it, it, could, it could be a, a number of things. I didn't think but, about the cables, though. Yeah, it could be cables um, messing up housings and just trips out. random yeah. little things.
0: I thought maybe it was something in the software, because I record it with Streamlabs, mm-hmm. that maybe something in the software was tripping and maybe. sending it back to the camera, but I think I'm going to try the cable thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not super sure, but it could definitely be cable. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, my there, right. my camera, if I have, you know, a HDMI connected to my monitor and sometimes my HDMI gets pushed too hard, it'll make my camera screen turn off and then it'll turn back on. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And it's just because of my HDMI. So, solid advice. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah, some, no, I got some tips real. out of this now. <laughs> yeah. I used to know.
0: run with a GoPro way back in the day. Oh, word. A GoPro? Word. And, you know, just starting out. I didn't think about overheating the battery. Mm. So I would run that sucker for two, three, four hour (sighs) podcasts. And then finally one day it just crapped out. I was like, oh no, this is the end. (laughs) We're not doing video anymore. (laughs) And I got it working. And then there was a span of maybe five or 10 podcasts where it would just cut out randomly in the podcast. And that would be it. So maybe we get 10 minutes of video. Maybe we
1: get an hour and a half of video, but at some point it was cutting out. Imagine. I mean, you had to live through it. I live, was going to yeah. say, sit there and like go back to record I'd, and it's like an hour audio file, 10 minute video. I
0: throw up yeah. a little screen element for like the YouTube video and mm. say, sorry guys, we're having growing pains because the camera <laughs> cut out again. I don't know what to <laughs> That's do. That's amazing. And That's then amazing. later I realized, oh yeah, I, I screwed up the battery yeah, 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 by yeah. just letting that sucker, I had it plugged in so the battery was still getting hot, but it was running off external power. <laughs> Just cooked it. Oh my god! Just cooked it. Fried. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, what
1: what is the name "Growing Pains" from?
0: I think it's just my life. Yeah, it was. It kind of summed up. I think most people's lives. I think you could attribute "Growing Pains" to yeah. growing up. I yeah, I had physical growing pains like most of us do, mm-hmm. and then I also went through a very long stage of learning hard lessons mm. and my parents would say well you're gonna have a lot of growing pains if you choose to go down the hard route yeah, and i yeah, think that good. just kind of stuck with me and then that's good trying to come up with a name i went through like 20 different iterations of what i wanted to call it and <laughs> always was just always. stuck yeah
1: yeah I, that same with my business and then like ml studios is my first and last name studios that's it I, I dude i went through like a million names trying to figure it out and i'm like why don't I just do this? You wouldn't think coming works. up with a name would be the hardest part. It's always the hardest part. And then your logo. The logo is the second. Logos are tough. Oh, man. You'll get a cool one. You're like, I like that one. Fine. 40 more later. And then always go back to that first one. Like, damn, should I should have just picked this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot would save me like <laughs> way too many hours. Way but... too many hours. Way too many hours. Yeah. It's totally all part true. of the process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always a process. You know, and if you can't accept the process then what the hell are you doing? That's what I think.
0: Yeah, the challenge is great. I think that's what keeps me coming back to this is it's always something. It's the cameras or it's the audio or it's the quality of the conversation. There's always some incremental improvement that
1: you can make and it's going to be better the next day. 100%. 100% I agree. 100%. Yeah, it's funny in doing podcasts because I have to do interviews with clients sometimes and I'll be like writing my questions and I'm like, do I just want to like, go for it or do I want to write questions? And so I'll like write kind of a question. And then usually it never is that question. <laughs> it's just whatever I feel like. something yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. Always, always, always. 100%. Is that when you're trying to
0: pitch a new client, bring them on?
1: Um, not really. When I, when I pitch clients, I, man, this is another not gatekeeping moment. Um, when I pitch clients, I tell them exactly what I see and envision to do for them right there in the moment. Whether they're not going to book with me and take the idea to somebody else is their prerogative, like, oh, well, I'm not going to die. So when I go to new clients, I tell them exactly what I envision, like every single time. Like today, I was on a call with a client, talked and he does, he has a coffee company and I was talking to him and I gave him the exact ad idea that I had. And he was like, whoa, I really like that. OK, well, when we're you know ready to do it, we'll, we'll go for it. Who knows? He could not go for it and go take that idea to somebody else and they use it, and hey, as long as you could do it better, then I'm stoked, because then I can see like, hey, I inspired out, I you right. to do Yeah, I inspired you to do something, and it helped your business, more power to you. Like, you know, what am I going to do scream at you because you did something cool? No, I can't, you know So um, usually when I write questions it's for like um interviews of like clients or testimonials or things like that um cuz like testimonial questions can get really boring sometimes you know like why do you like this business and they're like i like this business because it's cheap and you're like okay yeah, i don't know if, if that's going to make yeah. the final cut <laughs> i'm looking for a little bit more than that but uh so most of the time i'll just spitball it i'll look at the question what do you like about the business and then ask them like a totally relative but off question so yeah, that's usually how i do it do you ever have to
0: battle your kind of vision for what it could be with who you're pitching it to? Because you have the experience, right? So you can yeah. kind of feel out what's going to work and what's going to not. But yeah. if somebody's got their own idea and wants to kind of craft your vision into it.
1: 50-50. 50-50. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, you have all creative freedom. Go for it. And I'm like, sick, because I have great ideas. I tell them the ideas. They like them. We go for it. Sometimes they're like, this is exactly what I want. And I, whenever they tell me this is exactly what I want, I say, okay, this is exactly what I want in return to get this plan going. So if they want something exactly, then I need a plan. I need a schedule. I need this. I need this. You know what I mean? If it's my own creative thing, I can set the schedule. I can tell them what I need. I can tell them how we're gonna get this executed and X Y Z. But if you tell me something, I have to then ask you all of the questions so we can make sure that we do exactly what you need to be done so yeah
0: that's one of the nice things about doing this is there's no give and take yeah it is what it is yeah if it sucks it's going uh, out sucking (laughs) yeah i can't (laughs) control that it's going out sucking yeah Yeah, and if we're in a bad moment in the conversation we can try to pivot but there's no i have to think about okay
1: what is your vision for this podcast how Mm -hmm. is this going to work out Mm -hmm. in your mind yeah it's what it is we're shooting from the hip yeah you just talk that's the thing man people just can't talk anymore Conversations. How often do you
0: get? I was talking about this on a podcast the other day. How often do you get a moment like this where you're sitting with someone, no phones? You're just, I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. Yeah.
1: No distractions. Not often. Not often ever, really, honestly. I mean, unless you like me and my wife talk like this sometimes, but even then, phone goes off or the kids running around or the TV's on or this is, you know, it's very rare that you actually sit down and have a full on conversation. And those conversations make people the most uncomfortable oftentimes. Which I think is hilarious. I, I think I think it's funny when people get uncomfortable. Not like in a mean way, but it's cause it, it I feel like it brings out a little bit of what they're hiding when they're uncomfortable.
0: When it's authentic. Yeah. Which I think is be. what we're all chasing. Hundred percent. It's hard to it's hard to sit and do this and lie to each other for two hours. Yeah, there's no way. It's happened. I've had there's a get no. I've it's happened. Oh that's no. a rabbit hole to go down for another day. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's happened. But.
1: Oh man. I couldn't even imagine. Like Yeah, I I think I think people need to have more conversations. Just in general. I mean, in life. Like if you're listening to this and you have a spouse, go talk. Get off your damn phones and go talk. Or listen to the podcast with them. Yeah. Yeah, that. that's a good one too that's a subtle plug for the podcast. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I think people need to talk more in general. I think people need to talk to random bystanders when they're walking down the street, who knows there's a guy in Santa Cruz. His name is the pink man. I don't know if he's alive still, but for the longest time, people thought he was crazy. Thought he was absolutely nuts. He wore all pink. You could probably Google it. He was like famous for a very, very long time. Um, He wore all pink, and he had an umbrella, and he would walk like I swear to God, an inch every five minutes, like all day long. So you'd go downtown, and he'd be way down at the end of the street, and then at nighttime he'd be on the way other end of the street, and that's how you always saw the pink guy. He'd paint his cheeks all pink. He had glitter on his face. That was the pink guy. That's how I was. I always knew him. One day, my mom was working at Trader Joe's. She worked at Trader Joe's. Still does. 20 plus years. Um, she was working at Trader Joe's and the pink guy came in except he was in his normal clothes with his kid. And she was like, "You look really familiar." And he like looked around and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the pink guy." And she was like, "Oh my god." And he's all, "Yeah, did you think I was crazy too?" And she's like, "I'm not going to lie, I thought you were crazy." Ends up he was like a NASA engineer or like some something like that and he was doing that as a social experiment for his whole life. And I was like, what? And you knew that and learned that from just talking with him. And ever since that day, I'm like, man, I got to like talk to people because you never know someone's story. You never know why they're doing what they're doing. Like, how do you know without asking and actually having the conversation without a hidden agenda? That's the biggest key. That guy might've just been on drugs. Yeah. uh, Maybe (laughs) just, you would never know if you never talked to him. No, you'd never know. There's a guy that's leaned into his niche. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm the pink guy. I'm the pink guy. Man, that guy was a trip. He was a trip. What an
0: interesting story.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I actually, I met a homeless man um, when I lived in LA. The last week that I lived in LA, um, his name was Will. I'll never forget him. Uh, He was really, really struggling. And I parked on the side of the road. And I had a bunch of clothes in the back of my car. And he looked the same height, same build as me. And so I just grabbed a bunch of clothes and I walked up to him. And I was like, hey, Will, do you want any of this stuff? And he just like was like terrified and didn't talk to me, didn't say anything. And so I left and I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And then came back weeks later and he came up to me and he said hi. Bought him some food. And I was like, hey, Will, I would love to give you some clothes if you want some clothes. And he was like, for sure. And he, I never told him my backstory. He never knew that I was homeless. So I understand how it is. So that's why I wanted to help him. Brought him to my trunk, opened my trunk, gave him a bunch of clothes. And it turns out that He has, he had a lot of money and he was very well off, but his wife who he got divorced with screwed him and took all his money. And when he got the divorce, she was very close with the family and told them a lot of things. And they basically just like disowned him. He lost his house. He lost his car. He lost his job. He lost everything. He lost his kids and he had nowhere to go. And so he'd been on the street for 10 years from just some shit happening. And I was like, man, I would have never known that. Most people would just assume that you had some, you're on drugs or you're doing bad stuff. But I would have never known that if I didn't talk to you just then. And after that, it was like, I'm going to talk to everybody that I see all the time. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She's like, you're going to scare somebody someday. I'm like, nah, maybe, but no. (laughs) So let's, yeah.
0: You never know. No, you never know. And never. shit like that happens. Just dumb yeah. luck. Something goes sideways yep. and you just fall to the bottom. Yep. You're in free
1: fall. You can't grab anything. No, It's rough, especially when you're in areas like, I mean, LA being homeless. Jesus Christ. Whew, that's crazy. Skid Row. Have you ever seen Skid Row before? Have you seen it in person?
0: Yeah, I was down in LA <sighs> sometime over COVID and hard it's it's hard to look at just in general down there even off
1: skid row i mean
0: you've got it's it's just crazy
1: yeah so like i always think um you know what are those people's stories it's funny the reason why i brought that up was because one of the things that i want to do i think here with my photography is i want to start doing and you better not steal my idea whoever hears this no i'm just kidding go for it hopefully you do better um i want to start taking pictures of people who are struggling, um, write their story out and get donations for them for clothes and sleeping bags and food and things like that. Um, and sell their art and all of the proceeds go to them, but sell their art, like either, you know, Los Bagels or whatever business that will take them, um, and start giving back, especially to the people who really need it the most. And I think that's what I really, really end goal want to be doing with my with my work for sure.
0: I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Have I you really heard of Soft White Underbelly?
1: Wow, that sounds really familiar. But I a don't. YouTube say, page. I can't say. Oh wait, 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 wait. They sit people in a. It's like monochrome, right? Black and white. Yeah. I. Th- I, th- and I think I've seen people.
0: that. He's done homeless people. He's done people in Appalachia that are. I've seen it kind of inbred so cool incredibly powerful so cool and that I think that's what he does is he takes a portion of the proceeds it might be all of it and gives it back to them yeah and just covers his
1: cost yeah yeah I really that's that's really what I want to do because like I said I've been there and it's it's not a place that I would wish on anybody um I went in my childhood middle of my life later in my life you know and um I definitely I definitely want to do something powerful with what I do and I think that's what I'm gonna go for for sure. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. I hope so. Hope it works out. Yeah, I feel like I'll put like some type of GoFundMe link or something like that and
0: Well it'd be an incredibly powerful way to get those stories out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which would just open up doors for other people.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Cause so I think there's some very powerful stories and some really you know, great advice from people that you would not think that advice would come from. That's the tricky thing about advice, mm-hmm. is great advice can come from anywhere. Anywhere.
0: But it's rare. Mm-hmm. And bad advice is like herpes. Yeah. And everybody's passing yeah, that everybody's
1: out. Everybody's got it. Everybody's got it. It's so and true. I can't wait to give it to you. Yeah. Like, so no. True. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, herpes. Dave Chappelle said something to some girl. She's like, can I smoke your vape? And he's like, Herpes is rampant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. That made me laugh. So that was that was good. The trick yeah. is just time. Yeah. Which
0: is, I mean, for you, how do you balance everything? Oh, you God. you've got your business. Reagan's got her business. You both have two kids, and you have to edit all of your work and post it. People and wonder, go out
1: and actually shoot it. People wonder why prices are how they are. And still, I don't charge a bunch of money, and I'm always upfront and transparent with my clients. I always usually I make them give me their budget. And I tell them I'll work within this budget because it's better for them instead of being like, oh, this is $40,000. Like, what the hell? You say something like that to somebody that I'm like, "Yeah, maybe not. Um, so yeah, I'm always transparent, but to balance, honestly, like my, my wife, she's the support. Like, I mean, I I probably couldn't do without her to be, to be real. Um. Uh, my son goes to daycare Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So those are usually the days that I have more free to do client work and do stuff like that. Um, am with a new baby, he's very, very glued to Reagan right now because you know, he's not on a bottle yet and stuff like that, which that's a gift and a curse, you know, being able to do something, but then watching your wife have to not be able to do it's, you know, it comes with parenting. It's really rough. Um, but you know, without her support, I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, you know, Son comes home, like I got to go get him in a little bit, you know, and then I go home, hang out with him as much as I can, keep him happy, put him to sleep, rock the other baby as long as I possibly physically can. When the wife goes to sleep, I'll either edit or I won't. So it's, 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 you know, it's a really tricky balance, to be honest. It's a really tricky balance. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, family, that's all family. So I have three days of the week to do all the work that I do all the time. Yeah.
0: Gotta just hit the ground running.
1: Yeah. Utilize that time. Keep your head down and keep moving. Yeah. 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 I mean, granted, Reagan will be like, Yeah, you can go and edit and do whatever, you know. Not like she like owns me or some crazy, you know. She's very, very, very nice. So usually she'll be like, Yeah, if you need some time to go edit, like I can watch the boys and I'm like, oh sick, because I have this to do and I'll go do it for a while. So yeah, she's a great support system. Um, if I was single, obviously, you have all the time in the world to do it, you know. But um, I also don't, like, do work when my son is home because I never had a parent around or, like, my mom was always working while we were homeless and, like, trying to figure life out because she was trying to get us food and find us a place to stay and do stuff like that, you know? Um, but I also, my dad was a piece of shit, so he was never around. So when I had kids, I was like, I will make sure that I am always around for my children. So now that I have kids, like... No editing. If my kid is awake, I'm with you. I'm not doing anything else. That's how I live by. I will always live by that for sure, for sure. For no amount of money, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to step away from my children, for sure. That's the stance I have. Yeah, and yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. you've got the balance. Yeah, sure, it's hectic. <laughs> oh, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> oh god, yeah, super,
0: super. Active. You're doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm been really proud of myself lately, to be, to be honest, and that doesn't happen often. You know, it's really hard to be proud of yourself as people in general, but for me specifically, uh, I've been really proud of myself with the balance that I've had and, um, being a new dad and being able to like hold my head above water, you know, and support my wife. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I fuck up often and we argue and like shit like that, but you know, I try my best for sure. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I hope. <laughs> yeah, cut to Reagan. Yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Break her back for a podcast. She's like, he's such an asshole. No, I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah, I, I can't believe you're doing this podcast. Yeah. it. Right? can yeah. you see ours? It yeah. was trash. I know. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's that's one of the interesting things about life is just you know you build these tethers yeah. that are important, but you gotta you have to be diligent with where you put your focus yeah. and where you put your time. Yeah, that's I, why I don't buy the idea that people say, "Oh, I don't have the time to do this." Or I can't do that because I, you know, I just, there's not enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you could,
1: you just, you got to be strict with your time. Yeah, you got to prioritize. And I suck at prioritizing. Oh, you and me both. <sighs> Scheduling out. Yeah. And- oh, Jesus Christ. Scheduling. That word just makes me like, ah, I don't want to. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah. If I were to give any advice to anybody starting a business, one, um, you work nonstop. There, there are no days off. Even when you have a day off, you're thinking about your business, hands down. Nobody can disagree with that. <clears throat> Even when you're on vacation, you're thinking about your business. Um, but I think the biggest thing I would say is to really, really game plan before you start it. Really have an idea of what you want to get out of it, for sure. And
0: be prepared to sacrifice for it. Yeah. That's the thing. If you're just... I shouldn't generalize like this, but a lot of people I talk to who just work a nine to five mm-hmm. and are happy doing that. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird watching the amount of free time that they have. And they don't really think they have that free time because yeah. I do, you know, I have laundry I have to do, I have to clean the house, I have to get groceries and it's like yeah, everybody's yeah. got that. We agree. Yeah, 100%. But they clock out at 5 and it's they're not really thinking about work or maybe they're stressed out about their day but they don't mm-hmm. have work that they could be doing
1: at home after that. Yeah. They're just done. You yeah. clock out and you're done. Yeah. Whereas
0: if you have your own business it's 24-7, You're 24 constantly 7. thinking about it. Yeah. Or constantly working on it. Yeah. There's no I clock out and it's just...
1: And it's, yeah, that's it. It's off my mind. Yeah, I think that's also nine to five. I think the hardest part about working in nine to five is leaving and not taking the work in your head with you because you'll go home and you go home with that stress of what you were doing at work and it still feels like you're there. So maybe, you know, that attributes to it a little bit because I know I've worked, I've worked a lot of jobs. And I go home and I'm thinking about what happened at work instead of like how to mind, be here, do what I got to do, you know, that type of deal. But yeah, there's no, yeah, you clock out at five, you know, (laughs) I go to sleep and I dream about my damn business. (laughs) You know, I wake up in the morning and I ramble in my wife's ear about, oh, this idea and this idea. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You know, so yeah, I would, I would definitely say prioritize for sure. Before. That's just life. Yeah. That's just life. Yeah. Priorities,
0: what do you value? Mm-hmm. And then act in accordance with that. 100%. Like a 100%. lot of people are working for things that they don't really value, but they think they do. And Ooh. that's where a lot of that misery comes from. Yes.
1: Yes. Monetary things. Fashion. Monetary social things. <laughs> yeah. Right? Impress people that yeah. they don't actually even like. Yep. People always tell me like, oh, dude, I, I wear the same clothes all the time. Like, all the time. Like, why don't you get new clothes? I'm like, because I don't have holes in these. They're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. Like, why would I spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on my appearance when I can save that for my kids? Or I can do something else with it? Or I can invest it in a business? or Buy some new equipment. Yeah, you know, never ending. (laughs) Dude, you're preaching to the choir. I think if you go back through these
0: podcasts... I might have four shirts that I alternate, and sometimes they're back-to-back on podcasts. Yeah, for real. Why? 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 I got a washing machine.
1: Yeah, who cares? It works. Yeah, if it doesn't smell, it doesn't look bad Oh well. It's clothes. That's what clothes are for. They're meant to cover your body, not look cool, in my opinion. Helps
0: if they look a little cool, but don't spend a lot of money on that.
1: Yeah, don't go on a genre interview looking like a bum. That'd be rough. Yeah, you're not going to get the job. Probably not, probably not. Unless you're, like, some crazy guru, like, what's his name, um... From uh, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, Will Smith. Yeah, but who does he play? What's the guy's actual name? Oh, uh, I forget. Yeah, I'm gonna walk out and f- remember. It's gonna hit you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna remember. Right me I remember the name. Yeah. Put it in the podcast. Yes. Um. Yeah, but like Pursuit of Happiness, that's like one of a million chants right there. But yeah, man, that's 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 me in a nutshell, pretty much.
0: Well, Malachi, thanks for doing this. I know we got to oh, get you out of, of course. here, of but
1: this was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to be back whenever. Yeah, we'll sure. definitely do it again. Hell
0: yeah. Do you want to plug all your stuff, where they can find your work, your social Um shows?
1: Oh, yeah. I forget about that stuff. <laughs> See, like, to me, I would walk out and be fine. Um, yeah, I have all of the links in my Instagram. My Instagram is mlstudios underscore photo. Um, my website's on there. YouTube, t- all the things are on there. Um, but yeah, um, that's, that's, that's all I can plug really. I mean, that's all I really want to, I guess. That's it. That's me. That's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks, man. This was a lot yeah, of fun. Really. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thanks.